0: Hello and welcome to the Yarniacs podcast. This is episode number 208, which we are recording on Monday, December 9th, 2019. I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. And we have a special guest today. Who do we have? Hi, it's Robbie, boxy sweater gal. Yes, our fearless moderator from our Ravelry group. Hi, Robbie. Thanks so much for joining us for our annual chat with you. How you doing?
1: Real good. Thank you so much for inviting me to join you. It's always fun.
0: Yes, we always look forward to this episode. So let's start with the good stuff. What are you wearing?
1: I'm wearing my, well, one of my many um, boxies. It's the gray one that I knit with vomized lace garn. It's the AG47 colorway, which is a dark gray. It's the color of like, tarnished silver or silver that you would find a, a rock. Um, I knit it back in 2016. Um, and it, I live in it. It's looking mm-hmm. a bit ratty these days.
0: <laughs> Aww. <laughs> that means it's well loved, right? It,
1: it is. I don't even, de- de- I don't even depil it anymore because I'm afraid I'm going to make holes in it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that is one of how many of your boxy sweater collection?
1: Um, I think I have Seven or eight boxies, um, and then I've got a bunch more sweaters that are a boxy silhouette. I think it's 15 total that are finished right now. Wow. Excellent. Yay. I love it when <laughs> someone
0: knows what they wear and knits accordingly. Yeah. yeah.
1: There's a reason why I changed my name to boxy sweater gown. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> All right, and what are you wearing, Charlene? I am
2: wearing my Ease, which is a sweater by Alicia Plummer. I believe I knit this back in 2013, 14 or so, and it is knit in Malabrigo Rios, which has definitely held up well over the years, although I have to say there have been a couple of years that I probably haven't worn it just because... We had a couple of winters there that weren't that cold. It's a worsted white sweater, so it's a little bit heavier and it's just chilly in my house today, so I've got it on and it's nice and cozy. And I wear my ease all the time because
0: <laughs> it's my go-to pajama top basically. Yeah, it's that's its role
2: in my life. Got that cozy feel because it it's a basic raglan pullover sweater, but it has a funnel neck with a drawstring so you can pull it tightly around your neck to keep you warm and
0: and cozy. So yeah, that is Ease by Alicia Plummer. What are you wearing, Gail? I'm wearing my Archer Pullover, which is a sweater designed by Elizabeth Doherty, and it has a lot of her classic design elements, including a dropped shoulder and the lateral braid. But what makes this one unique from her cool sweater designs is that the lateral braid placement is arched across the top of your bust and across the upper back and it's knit in two colors so the top is a solid color mine is red bud by dragonfly fiber so it's a very beautiful tonal pink and then the lateral braid is in that same pink color And then below that, you stripe two colors. So my Redbud is striped with a colorway called Jawbreaker from Anzula Fibers. And this is a speckly, sparkly yarn. So I went way over the top on this one. (laughs) And I knit mine to a longer tunic tunic length. So it's almost a dress. I did a split hem. So in the back, it comes down to a couple inches above my knees in the back, I would say. So it's just a super comfortable tunic sweater, but it's also kind of stylish looking. And the weather has finally turned to a point where I can wear my tunicky length sweaters slash dresses. And it's just so much fun with tights and boots and whatever. And Been loving that. Just being able to wear our
2: sweaters every day it's so exciting. (laughs) Yep, I wore
0: pavement yesterday, and I can't remember what I wore on Saturday, but I've been wearing a sweater just about every single day. It's very fun. Yeah. Charlene, what have you been stocking? Well,
2: the first thing I am stocking is a sweater that Robbie picked out for me. (laughs) (laughs) Teamwork, baby. It is called Ambergo and it is designed by Claudia Eisenkolb. And this pattern the pattern page calls it a dolman-sleeved pullover because the sleeves are part of the body fabric rather than picked up and knit around. It is an interesting garment with vertical lines of ribbing down the front and then horizontal ribbing that goes across the chest, the shoulders, and continues down the arm hence the Dolman sleeve, because it just continues as one piece of fabric. But it's not like a bat sleeve. I always consider it's not, not a be bat, bat sleeve. Some are, yes, okay. some are. And it is knit in fingering weight yarn, and the sample is knit in Tosh Merino Light, which is a singles yarn, one of my favorite put-ups for fingering weight yarn. And it's tunic length. And it's a new designer to me. I'm not familiar with de- with this designer. So the pattern page, in addition to saying it has dolman sleeves, it's knit in the round, it has long sleeves, positive ease, and ribbing. The garment itself is interesting because, like I said, it has vertical ribbing down the front. And then it kind of comes together in a triangle with the horizontal ribbing coming off of the lines of the triangle so it looks the construction looks interesting which always gets me of course i'm not sure how this one is knit but there is obviously direction changes so it
0: looks like it would be fun robbie i have to ask what made you suggest this one to charlene
1: it with this unique construction.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> unique construction. I love ribbing. Uh, yeah. It's, the yarn. I, I like the yarn. Yep. So it would be a, definitely be a good one for me to try. Well done, Robbie. <laughs> good suggestion. Hey, you
1: know, sometimes you get to know people. <laughs> and then the second
2: thing I am stocking is called the Sheer V Sweater. And this one is by the same designer who designed the Ripple Bralette that I talked about the last episode. Her name is Jessie Mae Martinson. This one is similar to the As If tee that Gail stocked a couple of episodes ago in that it uses the mohair, knit mohair yarn, knit alone, to create kind of an illusion area as if you were sewing with illusion fabric, that kind of thing. But this one, people do it in all kinds of colors. So it's obviously fabric there, but you just have this very sheer triangle in the front of the sweater. The sleeves are bigger sleeves, which I meant to mention this last episode. I have been seeing sleeves get bigger on sweaters. Yes. Yeah, it seems... A trend. It seems to be a trend. Yes, thank you. So I this one doesn't have huge sleeves, but I have seen some huge sleeves too. How do you eat
0: or do anything else That's, with sleeves like that? I don't understand. Yeah. You can't I don't do dishes, know. you can't yeah. you can't do practical no, things with you these sleeves. Yeah. You cannot, you cannot. Unfortunately. It's, it's in
2: it's a not uh, I Sweaters with sleeves like that are not house work friendly. <laughs> <laughs> or eating <laughs> or friendly. Or eating <laughs> friendly. Very, very true. That's very, a very, very cute true. sweater, though.
0: I would consider knitting that yeah. over the other one that she did because it looks a little more wearable. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's super cute. Very cute. Even though I would knit regular sleeves. So this one
2: yeah. is, the sample is knit a little bit shorter. It's not cropped. It's There's coverage, but it's a shorter sweater, but it is knit bottom up. So you definitely have to know what length you want before you start the shaping and everything. Mm -hmm. You've got to figure that out beforehand and then measure it and know what you're going for. Good point. So that is the sheer V sweater by Jesse May Martinson. And Robbie, what are you stocking?
1: Okay, I'm talking for the self-indulgent knit-along. Right now I'm trying to focus my knitting on getting things done. Um, so first and foremost is Kaylee um, by Julia Falwell Clay. Uh, that's Kaylee as in the Irish or Scottish dance, C E I L I G H. I am oh, so yeah. glad you
0: spelled that and said it out loud because every time I've seen that pattern, I had no clue how to say it. So thank you, yeah. Haley. Thank you.
1: Yeah, I, I, I looked it up. I was pretty sure that was it, but I didn't want to say it wrong. Yeah. Um and the um it's a boxy, slightly oversized boxy sweater, not quite as not as big as Hoagie's boxy sweater. Um it is it's knit bottom up. It has pockets, and it has above the pockets there are two columns of Which she calls faux garter stitch. They go all the way from the top of the pocket up to the shoulder, um, and it's got a scoop neck. It was in the it was the it was in the anniversary issue of Pom Pom Quarterly, the fifth fifth anniversary issue, um, where every single pattern had some festive name to it, which was kind of fun. the pattern was knit uh, for, the, for the magazine in Brooklyn Tweed Shelter, um, so it's a kind of a rustic yarn, and I'm going to use my Green Mountain Spinnery Music um, in the Brick House colorway, which is a kind of a dark red. Um, the yarn is very, very um, rustic looking. It's actually made from seven different breeds of sheep. It's Oh, US,
2: wow.
1: U.S. Sheep, made in the U.S. I'm pretty excited about it. I was working on a different sweater with it, um, two about a year and a half ago. I like, guess actually a little more than a year ago. Um, but I frogged it was too big in the shoulders. It was a a, cart, a cardigan with set in sleeves. It just looked, it looked sad. Oh,
0: <laughs> but the yarn sounds yummy.
1: <laughs> yeah. And the yarn, the yarn, um, frogged beautifully. It looks brand new. I, I, so I'm I'm ready I'm ready to go, but I'm waiting till January first um, because of another knit along that I can't start, and I'm going <laughs> to dig um, for that. So that's the one thing. Uh, another thing I'm stocking are uh, some accessories to make three-piece accessory sets. I t- I talked about this a little bit on the thread. Um, a hat, cow, and fingerless mitts or mittens. Um, and I'm going to start with making mittens to go with, um, a, <laughs> gosh, another reddish, you know, dark red, uh, cow and hat that I knit. It's in the, uh, oxblood colorway, um, Madeline Tosh. And I, I don't have any more of that. It's discontinued. So I'm looking at using some other stash yarn. Um, Cyber Nymph Dye Works Bounce in the Alphabuz Corset. Oh goodness! <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's really it looks a lot like the ox blood, which is a, a slightly very, it's a tonal dark red. But the, the Elsa's corset it's a has a lot more bright tones in it. So, but, but I think they'll work really well together. Um, haven't picked a pattern yet, and I don't know whether I'm going to knit it. It's fingering weight. Whether I'm going to knit it as is, or if I'm going to hold a double and make some DK mittens haven't decided i was the uh, smarty
0: never... i was the smarty pants who said in the planning thread when you said you were going to make yourself a three colored set that actually matched and i one self-indulgent knit along i did that for myself and i've never worn the three faces <laughs> together i still just grab whatever's convenient when i'm leaving the house it's ridiculous <laughs>
1: yeah well it's funny because like we don't get cold here that often in florida but when it does get Holding up, I mean, I'll I'll grab those things before I grab a coat, and I'll go meet my friends for knitting, and I I look like I've just picked up random things, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's what I usually <laughs> look like when I'm walking my dog. Yeah, uh, but but it's different when you're going out and actually hanging out with other knitters.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, you <laughs> want to look like you planned it, right?
1: Yeah, but we all we all just laugh because we all come in piled high with with knits, and then. You know, and, and are thrilled to be wearing them. Um, so, and w- one other thing I'm stalking, uh, thanks to Carol Love Pie. Um, the, she got me thinking about the, the shift cowl by Andrea Mallory again.
0: Oh yeah, she uh, just she, finished hers. It's so I pretty. I know. She
1: just, she, she just posted it. It is gorgeous. Um, I tried to knit it earlier this year, but my three hand spun yarns I was working with were too different in weight didn't work when I went to add the third one in. It was just much too thin. Um, so I actually went back to the wheel and plied it back on itself. And, now, and then I took the one that was fluffy and added more twist to it to make it a little bit tighter. And they're ready to go. Sweet. I, so I think... So I'm really excited about that, and I haven't knit with hand spun in so long, so that'll be good.
0: Oh, that's double exciting then. A project you want to yeah. knit, you're using your hand spun, and you ad- adapted or modified one of your hand spun to make it work.
1: Yeah, Sweet. just like, first, if it's first time doing something like that, I'm like, well, the color's perfect, the weight's wrong, I'll, <laughs> I'll make it work. <laughs> I'm tempted to do that with the closet instead of holding it double, it's just Spin it back on itself and make it into a, a, a plied DK instead.
0: That I really, I'll be really interested to see what you do because that's another tool that spinners have that the rest of us really don't with yarn. So that's yeah. very cool that you can do that.
1: Yeah, and it, it's really easy to do. So and that and that's that's all I'm talking right now. Um, though I will say that the. Um, Stalking Kaylee has me kind of stalking something else that I cannot, cannot go down that rabbit hole right now. I really want to get some really, see something like the Jameson and Smiths um, fingering weight yarn. Mm-hmm. Um, because I love the heathered yarns. I would love to use that for a sweater. And but for- I have two But I I got in it some stuff
0: out of stash first. Well, and for the people who don't know, the Jameson and Smith it's they're two different companies, I think, and they they both produce this beautiful Shetland yarn that comes in so many colors. So for color work and things like that, it's very, very highly used and it makes these beautiful palettes and I can totally see why that's a rabbit hole you wouldn't want to go down because you could acquire so much.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And part of it is if you think about it with uh, Brooklyn Tweed does the same thing, that a lot of their colors are done with what they call optical blending. So they're taking different colored dyed fiber and blending it together to create these heathered yarns that from a distance look like purple or green. But up close, you start seeing it's really like the purple is really it's red and it's blue yeah. together. Oh,
0: cool. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah it's uh, it's it's fascinating.
0: <laughs> yeah, beautiful yarn.
1: So that that's on the it's something to see if I come across someday. Okay. okay.
0: Well, I'm also stalking around the self-indulgent knit-along, which starts on December twenty-first, and I have three different sweaters picked out, so I haven't decided for sure which will be the first cast on. But the first one is Delilah's Hoodie, which is a pattern by Susanna Winter. She was the designer of the Maypop hoodie, and this Delilah's hoodie came out before Maypop, and I purchased the pattern because I loved it, and Laura, Laura Knits PA, was also going to knit it, and we both cast on and both fizzled out right away, (laughs) and the reason I fizzled out is I was going to use, and I'm still going to use, my Madeline Tosh Erin, E-R-I-N yarn, which is an Erin weight, but... I got gauge and the gauge with that yarn was just too firm of a fabric. So now, a year later, knowing what I know about gauge math, I'm going to swatch and get a fabric I like and then adapt the pattern for my gauge. So now I want to knit it again. And I have several sweater quantities of Erin in my stash to choose from. Funny, they're all blue, though. So (laughs) I will be knitting probably a blue one. I do have one color that's a pinky purple called Lolita that I might use too. I haven't decided. But it's a top-down hoodie, raglan sleeves, and it has stripes in the yoke. It's in the pattern page on Ravelry, the main picture. You you can barely tell their stripes because they're so subtle, but you could really go... Extreme with that or less extreme? So, because most of my striped sweaters are pretty loud, I'm thinking that I want the striping in Delilah's hoodie to be more subtle. So, we'll see where I go with that. The second is also a hoodie. It's the hoodie shawl cardigan, which I've talked about many times on the podcast. I tried to knit it before and decided I wasn't going to like the fronts because they weren't going to be large enough. Well, Now that I've started wearing more open front sweaters, I think I'm going to wear it. So the hoodie shawl cardigan actually starts as if you're knitting a triangular shawl with two different colors striped. And then there's color blocking when that triangle is finished. And it's a really cool, unique design with, I believe the hood is striped also. And then there's color blocking. So the... the torso part of the sweater is a solid color and then the bottom is striped again and i'm looking forward to trying that and then the third one on the list is the olive leaf cardigan Ooh, by airy so these are all projects that i've stocked on the podcast before they are all projects or patterns that i already have in my pattern library And I already have stash for all three of them. Excellent. So all I need to do is swatch to make sure that I'm getting a fabric that I like and decide which one I want to do first. And then I also plan to cast on the Hipster Shawl by Hohi Locatelli. And I'm going to use Madeline Tosh Farm Twist, which is a DK weight, new to me yarn in the leopard colorway. So it's a dark gray tonal color. And this is a crescent shaped I think shawl but it has fringe so I'm excited about the fringe (laughs) and there's one other thing I have to tell you guys my daughter Josie my 20 year old asked me to knit her a sweater wow (laughs) she has several hats that I've knit that she wears on a regular basis when it gets cold but she's never shown any interest in a sweater and she asked me to knit her a sweater so stay tuned for stocking for a sweater for a 20 year old We would like to thank our sponsor this
2: month infinite twist get ready for a fresh year of knitting bliss with stash fit if you'd like to have a functional and beautiful yarn stash that brings you joy and accurately reflects what you love to knit the stash fit program from infinite twist is for you stash fit offers step-by-step guidance to optimize your stash no yarn diets no harsh prescriptions Just easy-to-follow guidance to help you make the most of what you already have and figure out what smart additions to your stash will help you get the most out of your knitting. Even better, Stash Fit is coming out in January in an e-course and audiobook version to make optimizing your stash easier than ever. Subscribe to the Infinite Twist newsletter to get all the details and an early bird discount and get any Infinite Twist knitting pattern for free when you subscribe,
0: visit us at infinitetwist.com. Well, that's cool that she's doing an audio version and an e-course because I did the review of that back in, I think, August last year. Mm-hmm. There's, it's in one of our episodes. And it takes some time because she recommends you go through your stash. There are lots of steps that you work through and work pages or Workbook worksheets. pages, worksheets that you go through. And I think that if you are not motivated enough to do that yourself, doing it in an online course or following it through an audiobook might be a little bit more <laughs> motivational. So that's going to be interesting. Very cool. So thank you, Kate. Yeah. Thank you, Infinite Twist. To so Charlene, what have you been knitting? The only thing I have been working on
2: is my puntilla. Which is a pattern by Hohilo Catelli. I feel like I just talked about it because I <laughs> just recorded, we just days recorded recently. So the puntilla is a pullover pattern with lace, lace edging at the cuffs and the hem of the sweater. I have finished the body of the sweater, which is slightly oversized. Definitely positive ease. It's not huge. Like the boxy pullover is definitely oversized. This one is just maybe, maybe in the area of positive ease. <laughs> I don't know really where positive ease starts and ends and where oversized. oversized starts and ends, but the puntilla is just not quite as large, but it is drop shoulder. It's similar in style but the lace edgings and just the
0: general sizing differences make it look a little bit different you know i have a technical question and robbie you might be able to answer this because i know you're a sewist is it drop shoulder or is it drop sleeve because we use both interchangeably and i, I don't have, know if they have noticed different
1: that, me- that meanings yeah. i think uh, it's drop
0: me, shoulder I
1: think, yeah i would say drop shoulder
0: okay So when we say drop-sleeved, we really mean drop-shouldered.
2: I I tend to say drop-shouldered and then T-Rex sleeves.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That works. I I can visualize that.
2: Especially when they're not long. Exactly, exactly. So the boxy definitely has T-Rex sleeves. Yes. The puntilla actually has long
0: sleeves, so they're not quite as T-Rex styled. (laughs) Well, and that would imply it's not as oversized, because the more oversized it is, the more T-Rex the sleeves, right? Mm, Yeah, but box, but the
1: puntilla comes, puntilla sleeves come down to the wrist.
0: Yeah. Ah, and boxies don't.
1: Whereas boxy is a three, is like a three-quarter sleeve, so it's really T-Rex. Yeah, yeah. because it's
2: got short little sleeves. And when you're knitting boxy and you have knit this very, very oversized body and it's so many stitches and you've gone round and round and round and you feel like you've knit forever and ever on this body and then you come to the sleeves – and they're really short and very skinny. Zoom, zoom, zoom. You zoom, <laughs>
0: zoom, zoom. <laughs> yeah. That's like the best part of boxy because usually it's Sleeve Island. And on right. the boxy sweater, it's like a trip to Sleeve Island for a brief visit. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely.
2: The only thing that I have been working on is puntia. And I think I started to say I've knit the body I am knitting a sleeve now and then after I get past the sleeves I will decide how I'm going to create my edging because I'm not sure if I'm going to do lace or I may just replace that with an additional ribbing edging. We'll see. I'm looking forward to seeing what <laughs> you yeah. create. I am too.
1: Well, Charlene, what about a what about a like an under layer with just a lighter fabric at the same gauge so it's
2: kind of
0: sheer i i had thought of that too yeah
2: so i'm gonna play around and see what i like
0: (laughs) Ooh, if you want to use any of my lace weight yarn for that that might be an interesting yeah look yeah definitely
1: yeah so what are you knitting robbie um i'm knitting on a Another boxy. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Yay. This one is actually... Um, and, oh, and I didn't... The pattern is by Hohe Locatelli for, for those that are new to the podcast. Um, the This one I'm knitting with Shibui Reed, which is a light fingering linen chainette yarn. Um, I'm using the Graphite Colorway, which is a blue-gray. This one's going to be my... When it's too, cult, too hot to wear boxy version of boxy, um, looking forward to it. I'm not enjoying the knitting as much because the linen yarn isn't as much fun to knit with as a nice bouncy wool yarn, but the fabric once it's been thrown in the washer and dryer is like butter, so it's worth the effort.
2: Excellent.
1: Yeah. Um, I've also got a pair of socks on the needles. Um Vanilla sock with, which is a plain stockinette sock. Um, I, I use the, the Fish Lips Kiss heel, um, by Socks Therapist. Uh, it's my go-to heel and I do a little mini gusset, uh, to give me a little more room in the instep because I have a very high instep. Um, and I'm using, first time using an opal yarn. It's one of the opal kind of faux fair Isle yarns. One of the Monet series colorways called Japanese Bridge. Oh, that must it's, be pretty.
0: It's
1: pink and peach and olive green and blue. It is really pretty. It's so oh. much fun. Um, they've been on the needles since I think June. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're they it's, it's that they're my, they're in my handbag when I have a chance when I get stuck someplace and need to knit. So they don't get a lot of love.
0: So you've kind of converted into a sweater knitter over the past few years, haven't you?
1: <laughs> I, I have. It's, yep. I, I have completely abandoned knitting shawls. Uh, I, <laughs> I'm sure I'll circle back someday. Um, if I need something fast, it's either a hat or a small towel. Um, and so then I've got two other sweaters on the needles right now. Uh, I still have my Cleo going. Um, oh, okay. You've got to get that finished. <laughs> My goal is to have it done in less than a year from cast on, so I've got till April.
0: <laughs> oh, so then hopefully you'll bring it to the retreat and we can have another Clio picture.
1: Yeah. Definitely. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I'm using the same yarn that Gail used on her pink one, which is the Vomice Decay. Uh, mine is in the Turk, the Turkish Marquis colorway, which is a ice-searingly bright blue It's beautiful um um, i've got about two two and a half inches done after after having joined the knit in the round um it's slow going it's mainly because it while it's not hard knitting it requires more focus than i have most nights watching tv yeah um so it, you know i'm just my goal is to try to get an inch done a week Uh, If I can keep that pace up, it will. I'll be done in time. Yay! Excellent. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. and then because both my linen boxy and Cleo don't fit that magic sweet spot of knitting, um, of completely mindless knitting stockinette in the round with wool yarn, um, I cast on Hojito Locatelli's the easy one, um, which is very similar to boxy but doesn't have any short row shaping, so it's even easier. And it's knit top-down. Um, and I'm using this Babs Katahdin, uh, which is a light-fingering uh, BFL yarn. Ooh. And it's in chromatis, which is a pretty true purple, uh, a rich true purple. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that.
0: That uh, would be a good first sweater for someone, wouldn't it?
1: Yes, yeah, in fact, when when Cindy was asking about knitting it, I suggested either for her that one or the easy bulky one, which is the exact same sweater, but bulky weight, which means it goes probably four times faster. Yeah, that's right. I
2: have knit that sweater in the fingering, and I often forget that there was a bulky version too. Yes, there is. That would be incredibly fast knit in bulky
0: yarn. I was going to say, especially for anyone who lives in colder climates, you really get (laughs) a lot of wear out of
1: it. Um, But I was also thinking that the bulky one would be awesome in something like Quintin Company's Kestrel. Oh. It's just, you know, just is a very drapey, you know, flowy, simple sweater.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the Kestrel is the linen chainette yarn. Which it's,
1: but it's, I think it's considered a... Air and weight at
0: least an air and weight right yeah yeah it's so pretty it's, heavy
1: and, but it's, it's weird because when you actually put on a sweater that's knit with that it feels good I was surprised when we tried on when I tried on one of Elizabeth's Elizabeth samples how once you get it on that weight feels comforting as opposed to uncomfortable
0: mm-hmm. okay I can imagine that yeah, yeah. well that's so a lot that's, of sweaters on the needles you you're, <laughs> I admire your your goals.
1: Well, see, the the, the, the linen boxy is getting most of my attention right now. I would like to have it done by the end of the year, um, if you know, because I, I definitely need to have it done by the end of January for the cruise I'm going on.
0: Yep, that's oh. your goal, right? Right, the yeah. jazz cruise.
1: The jazz cruise, yeah, because it'll be a perfect sweater for. It'll be a perfect sweater for. Like for dinner and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, it sounds like it would be.
1: For being on the sea yes. <laughs> with the wind blowing through your hands. Yep.
0: But I'm in the middle of gift knitting. Every year I say I'm not going to gift knit, and every year I do it. It's crazy. I am working on the Wee Malia right now, which oh, is a pattern so by Isolde. Ysolda Teague. And it's going to be a Little Red Riding Hood type of hoodie for my granddaughter, who turns one already on January 6th. I'm kind of in shock that it's already almost a year. (laughs) And I also have cast on for Olivia the Elephant Park Hat by Gabrielle Dansknit, which I talked about stocking on the last episode. I bought the pattern in the Indie Gift Along, and I've already cast on. For the Elephant Park, I'm using an oxblood-like color. Robbie, as you were saying, you were using these dark red colors or stocking them. I'm using a Neighborhood Fiber Company Studio Worsted base, and I can't remember the name of the color, but it's the one I used on my throwback sweater. And I asked Alex yesterday, my daughter, I said, okay, I want knit to knit Olivia this hat, and I sent her a picture of the hat, and she said, that is so cute. And I said, okay, brick red, navy blue, or teal. And I sent her a picture of the colors I had in stash, and she said, red or teal, your choice. So I'm using the brick red, oxblood-like red, and I'm using a gray for the elephants that has sequins in it. Oh. So <laughs> I couldn't resist. So
2: Very cool. it's
0: going to be adorable when it's done. And my daughter Josie loves elephants, so I'm hoping – that she might want a hat like this as well. But I have to ask her before, you know, she's 20. She might not wear an elephant (laughs) hat. We'll see. And then the third thing I'm knitting is another gift. It's the My Cup of Tea Mitts by Isabel from Fluffy Fibers. That's her adaptation of the My Cup of Tea socks. And this is a free pattern for mitts. And it has a really pretty crocus pattern that runs along the top of the back of your hand. And it's a very simple cable pattern that most of the knit, most, most of the mitt is just straight up stockinette. The only patterning is on the back of the hand, but Alex requested finger holes. So I am using the knotty pattern, K-N-O-T-T-Y by Julia Mueller. She has lots of beautiful glove patterns and the knotty pattern is free. So I'm using that. To do the fingers. Perfect. Yeah. So it's an adaptation of both patterns. And yesterday, I did the first finger. I did the index finger, just half of, of a finger. She doesn't want full-fingered gloves. And it didn't take as long as I expected it to. I expected it to be really fiddly and really annoying to knit and would take forever. And it didn't take very long at all. It's so short. It's so it's, short. Yeah. It's, I think I did 12 rounds, and they're like 18 stitches. Yeah. So. You know, the fiddliest part is you've got double pointed needles. But I found that I was pulling the yarn much tighter on the DPNs than I had been the mitts. So, mm, last time we talked, I was using my Addy flexi flips right. to knit the mitts. And shortly after I said I was enjoying them, yeah. I realized that my hands were really not enjoying oh. them <laughs> because they're metal. And for me, knitting on metal needles, I grip so tightly because they're slippery compared to Mm -hmm. wood. So I don't think flexi-flips are going to be in my future. I decided that if I was going to knit these, I'd have to knit them on 9-inch cirques, which often hurts my hands too. But these, I cast on on Saturday, and it was a rainy day, so I got to sit and knit for a couple hours. I knit almost half of the mitt in one day. I was so excited. So I figured out the gauge and what needles to use on the hand part of the mitt. But when I got to the fingers and switched to DPNs, I was knitting at a much tighter gauge. So after I tried it on, I realized I needed to rip that first finger back, do it on a bigger size needle. So now that I know how quickly those fingers are going to go, I'll probably finish the mitts, hopefully by this weekend, because I'd really like to get everything into the mail. So... I have that deadline ahead. But at yeah. Gail? Yes.
1: Addie makes flexi flip bamboos now.
0: <gasps> you would have to tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we'll talk about the flexi flips because I'm a, if you want to try the metal ones, I would be happy to give you mine because I don't think that I'm going to, the way they hurt my hands, I don't think I'm going to keep knitting on those. So yeah. maybe I'll try the wooden ones. Maybe I'll see them at stitches and have to pick up again. So that's what I'm knitting, a bunch of gifts that are making me super happy.
2: So since we have Robbie here, our fearless moderator, and she is our coordinator for much of the Love Your Stash discussion, so we're going to have a chat about that right now. And if you don't know what Love Your Stash is, it's kind of a concept that we have been advocating for several years, and the theme is that as knitters, yarns are our tools. And our tools should bring us happiness. Our tools should bring us contentment and enhance our crafting and our lives, really. The tools have to work for us and
0: improve things. And not bring us stress or guilt.
2: Yes. We have heard stories of guilt. We have heard stories of stress and knitters just generally feeling unhappy Because of perhaps the quantity of the stash, perhaps the quality of their stash. And our concept is that we work towards ridding our stashes of the items we either won't or can't use. And hopefully by doing this, eliminate the guilt, eliminate the anxiety, and... Ultimately, grow our stashes to a place of purpose, usefulness, and happiness. Super happy. Joy, <laughs> joy. We want them to bring us, us all joy. Yes. So one of the first things that we have to work with, and we have been talking about it for the last few episodes, is living within a budget. So as we work Towards a stash that brings us happiness and joy, we, we also learn to work within our own budgets.
0: That's been the theme. Yeah. 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 So what would you add to that, Robbie?
1: Um, start with, um, there's a, separate thread on the Ravelry group each that we have run each quarter, people set their goals if they want to, um, it's a good place to get some support when you're struggling um, to get some ideas on what to do. The other thing is that the idea of your stash and loving your stash, it's not one size fits all, everybody's different, everybody's right size stash is different. It's okay if your idea of stash is thousands of things to choose from. It's okay if your idea of stash is to have none and go to the and go to the store and buy yarn for the next pattern you want to make. Um, we are not trying to force anybody into fitting a specific challenge. It's it's really about uh, adjusting um, your attitude towards your stash and. If it still doesn't feel right, doing something to make it right over time. Um, So it's. I I started it um, for two reasons. One, um, I just was hearing a lot of podcasters about this time of year, several years ago, uh, talking about um, going cold sheep. And I knew the concept of cold sheep would not work for me. (laughs) Yeah. Um, uh, Do you you want to tell us what that means? Cold cheap is the idea of not buying any yarn for a certain period of time, um, and I, I'm just enough of a rebel um, that if, if I if I'm told I can't do something, I want to do it. Um, and when I and when I finally um, cheat, I cheat big. <laughs> it's like, um, but f- so it's. Yeah, it's learning, learning what your triggers are. So if you are a stress retail therapy shopper, um, watch out for that and maybe reach out to somebody and, you know, and have them talk you out of it. Um, Somebody, and I'm not sure where, said that when, with her group of knitters, um, they have a role that when someone's talking about buying something, they ask the question, do you want me to talk you into it or out of it?
0: Yes, I saw that.
1: (laughs) And I really like that because it's really you know, because depending on where you are at that point in time, you're feeling one way or the other. And it's it's just a way to kind of get you to stop and think again about what you really want. Um, I'm one of those people, I'm lucky um, I don't really have a tight budget. Um, but because of that, I can end up with too much in my stash and get caught in analysis paralysis. So, um, or, so it, it's, I'm still struggling with it sometimes myself. Um, I got in trouble at the, at the the Southeast Animal Fiber Fair that I went to at the end of October um, because Kate uh, Dragonfly Fibers was there and I knew it would be my last chance to buy her yarns.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: so um, I came home with two sweater quantities in addition to the one that I had pre-ordered from a different buyer. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I love all of them. Um, and um, I don't know when I'll knit them, but that's okay. Well, one um, of the things
0: you said that really, I think, speaks volumes of our Love Your Stash idea is that it is very individual. Yeah. It's very okay. self-driven. If you feel like you're having guilt about your stash and you want a little bit of help with that, maybe start a goal for that quarter. A lot of people, when we first started talking about this, set some goals for themselves and now haven't come back to that thread in a long time because they're really happy with their stash yeah. now and they don't have any goals to set. Yeah. And I was feeling that way for quite a long time. I had, I love my stash the way it is right now. I've curbed my impulses for those quick sale purchases that aren't really part of my knitting life anymore. I do deliberate more over my yarn sales. But patterns, <laughs> this is something that has come up and is has a lot of discussion in the threads right now. And Robbie, I think you are the founder of the whole analyze your Pattern Buying Habits.
1: Yeah. What did you do? Yeah. Um, I guess it's about... Probably about two and about three years ago, it kind of dawned on me that I was buying a lot of patterns and not knitting them. So I just made a decision at that point in time to stop doing that and focus on buying patterns when it was when I was ready to cast on um, or, or swatch if I needed to have the pattern to know how to swatch. I figured that the little bit of money you save when something's on sale um, isn't really – it's more than offset by all the money you're spending on things that you don't actually ever knit. Um, And then I guess last year one time I went through and did an analysis to see the impact of that behavior change on my purchases and found that – It was pretty dramatic. I mean, my, I may still some years only knit 50 to 60% of what I buy, but I'm buying 8 to 10 patterns as opposed to buying, you know, 20 to 40 patterns. Um, So it was just an interesting change. But it does help that I'm knitting sweaters now, which take longer, so I don't need as many patterns. And I also knit the same pattern multiple times. Yes. I mean, I've, I've knit five or six boxies. I've knit two worsted weight boxies. So I, you know, it's like, it's easier from, and I actually use the little boxy and DK weight yarn to knit one of my sweaters. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, Um, just grab the, it's easier to grab the numbers out of it. Right. Yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um but so it just it's the 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 dollar twenty-five savings on a five dollar pattern that's twenty-five percent off is only really savings if you end up knitting the pattern.
0: Yeah, thanks to your analysis, I went and counted how many patterns I purchased in twenty nineteen. I purchased thirty patterns and I've knit ten of them. A couple of them I have knit twice, but seeing that difference, I was stunned that first that I'd purchased 30 patterns because how am I ever going to knit 30 patterns in a year? And you did the secondary step. And I know Victoria did this too of looking at how much money the unknit patterns represented of your overall knitting budget. And I did not take that step because I don't (laughs) want to know. But it really made me think for the self-indulgent knit along and my 2020 knitting, I really want to look more at my pattern library. And when I start fantasy knitting my next project and thinking what I want in it, I'm going to go look at my pattern library for searches instead of searching the entire Ravelry database, because you can, when you search, specify patterns in my library and in my favorites. So that was one thing that it I, that came as a really big surprise to me last month or 2 weeks ago when I did that particular exercise. And there were a lot of interesting comments about it in the threads over the last few weeks because a lot of people went and did this particular analysis of yeah. what they've purchased. And some of the interesting things that I wanted to comment on, one of them Robbie this was related to sewing patterns also. There was some kind of acronym People were using about reusing a sewing pattern more than once. It's
1: it's tried tried and true. There you go.
0: TNT. So the same thing applies to knitting because I've heard people, I think, Robbie, it might have been you, someone criticized you in your knitting group because you were knitting another boxy and that was so simple or something like that. Yeah. And- One, it's nobody's business what you're knitting. But two, we choose what we choose for a reason because one, we enjoy knitting it or two, we enjoy wearing it. So why shouldn't we knit a pattern multiple times? It makes perfect sense that we would choose to knit the things we really like more than once. So I want to really look at my closet in 2020 and really figure out of all these sweaters that I've knit, which ones do I actually wear the most and why? And have that also inform my knitting decisions for next year. And one of our listeners, Amanda, she said, she took this even a step farther. She (laughs) said, before she knits a pattern, she goes into her closet and physically finds three different outfits that that pattern will work with before she will knit it. So this includes shoes. She has to have Everything that would go with that particular pattern before she knits it.
2: That's hardcore. That's
0: hardcore. <laughs> I don't think I'm ready to go that far, but my my closet is also very simple. I know I have yeah. skirts and leggings. And if it doesn't work with that, it's not going to work in my order. Yeah. But it was an interesting thought to actually yeah. maybe set things out on the bed and see, yeah. okay, these are the sweaters that I wear. How do they really work in my life? And make you know, tried and true. Yeah. Maybe I'm going to hit some more boxes. Who knows? Yeah. And
2: going back right. to your point about the patterns, one of the things that I noticed, or what, one of the things that I read about when people were commenting on our Ravelry thread is that in addition to visiting the stash, maybe people need to go back and visit their patterns because you forget what you have Mm, in your pattern stash. And when I went back and looked how many patterns I had purchased, I too was surprised. Oh, I purchased that pattern. I already own that pattern. You forget that you have purchased a year ago, this sweater that you wanted to make. And Maybe by revisiting your pattern stash, you're going to get interested in knitting one of those patterns that you have already purchased, or you'll remember why you loved a particular sweater in the past, and maybe you'll love it again, and you'll revisit your stash and find
0: something in your stash. And not be so distracted by new and shiny. Right. (laughs) Because I found that the new and shiny... Some of them I wear, but some of them I knit just because I think I'm going to wear them and then I don't. So the tried and true idea is really going to inform my knitting this next mm-hmm. coming year. So thank you for popping that in the thread.
1: Because there's two things I can think of with that with related to that. One, some of your tried, some of your tried and true, if they're simple enough, you can easily add some design details to them to make them still Work for you, but be a little bit different. So, you know, if you've got something that's got a cable panel, put a different cable panel in, or add a cable panel. Um, that type of thing. So that's something to think about. Um, and the other thing is when you do that pattern analysis, if if you find that you don't want to knit most of the stuff that's in there, don't feel guilty about it. Just use it to inform decisions going forward. Yeah. It's yeah, not about point. beating It's not about beating yourself up. Right. <laughs> well, and
0: that was another thing that a lot of people were mentioning about how how to choose a pattern based on the information you get in Ravelry, which is something we're going to talk about next year. And also the disappointment that happens when you buy a pattern thinking that it's perfect for something for example, the stash yarn you already have, and you buy it and you're all excited. And for some reason it doesn't work. And I had one of those last year, the Heartstrings Crop, which is a design by Andrea Mowry. I fell in love with the sweater. I had the exact yarn used for the sweater in my stash, and I'd been wondering what to do with it. And I only had to acquire one more color for the color work. Well, I swatched for that last month and it looked awful. It I'm not going to knit that sweater because I didn't like the fabric that I was getting at this particular gauge and the color work looked horrible and Mm. I'm not going to knit that pattern. (laughs) So I'm not going to beat myself up for it. It was, you know, I really thought I was going to knit it. And so I thought it was a good purchase at the time, but that happens too. And you can't beat yourself up for the patterns that don't work, even though you thought they were going to. So it's a good point to not beat yourself up.
1: Yeah, did you did you block that swash, or did you evaluate it just based on the knitting itself?
0: I did both. I blo- I okay. blocked it as well. It pulled in really tight for the color work, and even if I'd gone up a needle size or two, I don't think it would have looked the way I wanted it to look. It okay. looked too stringy, if that makes sense. It didn't. It didn't plump up to fill the holes in color work the way I wanted it to. That
1: so, makes sense.
0: Yeah, it was that's, interesting. That's
1: why I. That's why I asked if you blocked it because I know, you observed it like with the Volmice DK. You know, Clio looks kind of eh when you're just looking at it as you're knitting it, but the minute you block, the texture, just that yarn just it puffs up tremendously and it fills in everything.
2: Yeah, I agree. So So So.
1: I think it's important, to, it's important not to evaluate a swatch just based on the knitting of it.
0: And true, if anyone out there does that, don't fall into that trap because part of the reason you knit a swatch is one to see what it looks like before, but you're going to wash your sweater before you wear it. So the actual blocking of your swatch is a very important step. So don't be, don't be fooled into, oh, it doesn't look good <laughs> before I blocked it. Definitely block it. And another thing that the whole love your stash idea. A lot of people kind of fret about their single skeins that they have in stash. And what am I going to do with this? And looking at your stash from the perspective of, Hmm, how can I use this instead of letting it stress you out? Single skeins. This year I did a lot of color work and there were single skeins that had been in my stash for a long time that actually got used in color work projects. So Fingering held doubled for DK weight works really well. So if you have fingering and you're thinking, I'm never going to knit anything with this, well, you can hold it doubled and knit something as a DK weight with that yarn or throw it into a colorwork pattern. Or in the case of my super simple summer sweater that I just recently finished, I had almost a sweater quantity of yarn that had been in my stash for nine years. (laughs) Well, all I had to do was purchase two more skeins of a contrast color, and I was able to use that successfully. As stripes. As stripes. So thinking of your stash in a different way so that you can use it and it's not wearing down on you.
2: The fading trend Mm -hmm. has helped with that when people pick three completely different colors and fade one into the other.
1: Yeah, I know. I've I've been looking at some of my single skeins and doing that. Now, I personally don't like the fade for me. It just, um, and so and and most of my single skeins are solid. So, and I don't have anything to to transition. And it's hard to buy the the speckle yarns to transition online and have them really work. Yes. Um, because there's, there's a tone that you could have two blues and they just, one's a little more yellow and the other one's a little more purple and, and they just don't play well together for a transition.
0: Doing it online is almost impossible.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so what I've done is I found other ways of kind of taking less than full sweater quantities and making them into sweater quantities. And I've, I've created a boxy bundle, um, from multi to multicolor box, boxies, Um, And there's actually, I think, a couple of confettis in there of ways people have used mini skeins, um, advent calendar sets, scrap yarn, or just combined maybe two skeins and one or something like that to make it work um, with some really, really clever ideas. Um, So take the silhouette you like and go shopping for, looking at, Projects as opposed to patterns for a sweater that you like. Um, Good
2: point. And see how people yes. have used
1: it. Um, but I know my. It's like I know that as soon as I finish my scrap blanket, I'm casting on a scrap boxy. I can't wait.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I saw your pictures of those from your bundle, and the scrap boxy especially. I thought I don't know if I'd really wear that, but once I think about it, if I did it in my colors, yes. as opposed to. You know, the one example picture that you had that I think it's hanging upside down from a clothesline, yeah. it was just all different colors. And I think if you, if I tailored it to, and that would be easy because it's my, my stash it's your leftovers, stash, right? right? It's yeah. the colors exactly. I already love. I think I would totally wear that. I think it's so cool. Yeah.
1: I think it's really cool. Yeah. Or you could, or you, cause you love the confetti. Think of a confetti where you pick a color that works with your stash. Like a, like a charcoal gray, and then you use all of your light colors. Yeah, light.
0: yeah that would be super fun, mm-hmm. too.
1: So, See, so it's that type of thing. So it's like I can buy two skeins of my main color and knit this sweater and use up all these other mini skeins or scraps or whatever that I have. Um,
0: so there are ways to make it work. Yeah. Definitely. Now, one other subject on Love Your Stash that... Charlene brought up, and someone else also put this in the thread. They made the same exact comment: is storage. How does the storage of your stash fit in with loving your stash? And the danger of patterns for me is that they're electronic and they don't take (laughs) up any space, and I don't have to organize them and they're just there. I don't have to think about them. Versus someone in the thread said, before I purchase a yarn, Mm -hmm. I think. Where am I going to put this? And if I don't have room for it, I'm not going to buy it. So I feel really bad for all of you who live in cold places and your sweater quantities are worsted weight and air in weight because they take up so much more room. room. Yeah. (laughs) Now that I've fallen in love with knitting everything in lace weight, it takes up so much less (laughs) space. (laughs) But storage is a big issue for a lot of people.
1: And then you add fiber and fabric to that storage requirement and it gets really interesting yes
2: <laughs> or whatever hob insert your ho- other hobby here exactly or yes. collections yes
0: there are people who collect things yes and if you have children and they take up their own space your right. space gets smaller and smaller i mean there are so many variations on that but yeah. that's another thing for i think it's a good tool for some of us to use it wouldn't work for everybody of course but if you are thinking of a yarn purchase And you're wavering for whatever reason and you don't have your yarn group to ask you, do you want me to talk you into it or talk you out of it? Think about your space restrictions and if that will help inform your decision. If practically you have a place to keep your new (laughs) addition. I'm outgrowing my yarn storage, which is kind of a scary thing. (laughs) I'm running out of places to put my yarn. So I need to buy more sweaters. I mean, buy more sweaters. (laughs) I need Buy more to sweater storage bit, something like that or pass more sweaters on or something but that mm-hmm. was another note that I had here that loving your stash isn't just loving your yarn or your patterns it's loving your finished objects too yeah they are absolutely a part of your stash it's already been knit stash but you can always unwind it and knit it again if you don't wear that sweater and i really want to think more about my fos like i've said already in 2020 which ones am I wearing and maybe pass on some more that I'm not wearing and figure out what I want to knit next based on the ones I actually wear.
2: We'll have to talk about our sweater analysis
0: that we've done in the past mm-hmm. again next year. Yep. Yeah. And I'm going to spend I have some time off over the holidays that we don't have any plans to go anywhere. So I think I'm going to pull out some sweaters and really look at Okay, I wear you a lot. Oh, I don't wear <laughs> you much at all, and why not? And yeah. not just the pajama top sweaters, though, because I have a lot of those besides ease. So. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, and it's a good time of year to do it because we are coming up on two events, Stitches West in February, and our retreat, which is in April. Both of those are prime sweater
0: giveaway Opportunities there. It's funny that I've given away quite a number of sweaters at stitches. Mm-hmm. Is not that kind of odd? Yeah. You would think everybody would be there buying their own sweater quantities, and, and they, they are, their own. <laughs> and they do. But yet, I've given away several sweaters at yeah. stitches. It's kind of funny. All right. Well, did you have anything else you wanted to add, Robbie? No, I. I think that's it. Well, thank you again for being our fearless leader in all things Love Your Stash and for running those quarterly threads. I know I wasn't involved with them for quite a while, but I'm back now because (laughs) I really the the whole pattern thing really surprised me and I want to learn more from that. So I'm back with some goals for the first quarter of 2020. And hopefully anybody else who feels inspired will join in too. It's a really great group because we're all there for the same reason with the same you know, gut feelings about what we want to do. Our what we want to do is individual, but our overall goals were there for the same reasons. Yeah. So hopefully, that made some kind of sense.
1: Yeah. So oh, thank oh, you, last, Robbie. One last thing. My favorite goal is is Julie's is Julia's is Jay Chant, which is that she is going to love her stash every day. She does that goal every time, doesn't she? I, <laughs> I love yes, it. I, I I love it because it's it's. She's created a mindset and that's the most important part of it is is to look at it and look at it with love. That's important. Yeah.
0: And I do. I swear this whole thing has converted me from someone who stressed about my stash because I felt like it was too much and I shouldn't have it to, oh my goodness, this is what I do that brings me joy every day and this is cultivating something that brings me joy and I'm going to use it. So why should I feel guilty about it? So thank you so much because it's really changed how I look at my (laughs) abundant yarn stash. And one
2: last thing I want to mention is that despite the planning, despite thinking about storage and all of that, I do think that when you're saving, perhaps saving some money, perhaps saving effort, time, space, whatever, when you're thinking about conserving all of these things you do still have to allow some room for those magical moments to happen. Oh, yes. And what I'm talking about is perhaps when you walk into a yarn store or when you see a sweater on a fellow knitter that you fall in love with, sometimes you just fall in love and you have to allow those magical moments to happen. And if you find a new shiny yarn or a new shiny pattern that you must knit, it's probably going to make you really happy to do that, especially if it's something that you're going to cast on right away. So you have to let the magic happen.
0: Well, and Robbie, actually, <laughs> she started the thread for the first quarter of next year with a list of someone's challenge, right? Robbie, it was someone's like, you know, do these five things as your challenge for the year. Yeah. And one of them was like, organize your queue and only knit those things. And the rest of us were like, oh my gosh, but what if the magical moment happens (laughs) and I need to leave space in my life for, you know, if I plan what I'm going to knit only for the next three months, what happens if that magical moment happens? So I think we're all in agreement that you have to let that happen. If it's going to happen, it's a good thing and you should embrace it. Because
2: when it has happened to me, it feels so fun. Yes. And when you're caught up in the glow of this new thing that you've spotted and you immediately pick yarn for it and you immediately cast it on, it's a fun feeling. Yes,
1: it
0: definitely is. Donnie's <laughs> yeah. saying, I agree.
1: <laughs> I mean, after, after all, knitting is our passion, not our job.
2: Exactly. Yes, very
0: well said. Yes. That's a yes. very good way to end two thousand nineteen. It is. Knitting is a passion, not a job. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Robbie, for joining us. We always love chatting with you. Always every oh, time. Oh, thank
1: you. Thank you so much. I have had a had a blast. Oh, thank yes. you. Thank
0: you. And thank you for always being so positive and cheerful and happy on the threads. Yes. You're always such a good a good vibe there and I always appreciate that. Thank you so oh, much.
1: Thanks. I, I get so much from it.
0: I do too, it's my happy place. <laughs> okay, well thank you everybody for listening. We hope that you've enjoyed another year of the Yarniax and wow. we'll be back in January. Happy New Year everyone. Happy New Year. And we will see you in 2020. Bye everyone.
2: Happy knitting. Bye. You can find our podcast on iTunes at Yarniax Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniax.com. We have a friendly and engaging Yarniacs podcast Ravelry group. My Ravelry name is Knitter Ninja Shar. Gail's is Gaily Whaley. You can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs or on Instagram at Yarniac and at Gaily Whaley.